Welcome to Labors for the Lord, the podcast dedicated to the Word of God. We hope that this blesses you and inspires you to seek the promises and the love that the Lord has for you. Now, here's your host, Craig Majors. Hello, guys. Welcome to Labors for the Lord. Hope everyone had a a good day today, and I hope you're having an even better evening. Uh, so tonight, I'm I'm going to go over the gospel, just for just for anyone who might listen to this and uh, and you know may, maybe not know exactly what the gospel is, or maybe you you know you you're, you kind of think you know what the gospel is, but whatever the case may be, I just I just feel like it, it's it's something that I should go over. And so, what exactly do Christians mean? when they talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Since the word gospel means good news, when Christians talk about the gospel, they're simply telling the good news about Jesus. But it's not just any good news. It, it, it demands a response. It's, it's a message from God saying, you know, good news. Here is how you can be saved from my judgment. And that's, that's an announcement that you or I can't afford to ignore. So what is the good news about Jesus Christ? Well, since the earliest Christians announced the good news about Jesus, it has been organized uh, around pretty much four questions. One, who made us and, and who are we accountable to? Two, what is our problem? Three, what is God's solution to our problem, and four, how can we be included in his solution? And Christians through the centuries since Christ have answered those questions with the same truth from the Bible. Who made us and to who are we accountable? We are accountable to God. What is our problem? Our problem is our sin against him. What is God's solution to our problem? God's solution is salvation through Jesus Christ. And how can we be included in his solution? We come to be included in that salvation by faith and repentance. So, um, to summarize those, those points, it goes like, it's like this. God, mankind, Jesus Christ, and our response. And the first thing to know about the good news of Jesus Christ is um, the first 10 words in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything starts from that point. So if you get that point wrong, then everything else that follows will be wrong. Because God created everything, including us. He has the right to tell us how to live. You have to understand that in order to understand the good news about Jesus. Now, how how could we describe God's character? Loving, good, compassionate, uh, forgiving. All of those are true. God, God describes himself as merciful and gracious, um, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But then God adds in Exodus uh, chapter 34, he says, but who will by no means clear the guilty. And that explodes about uh, 90% of what people today think they know about God. This, this loving God does not leave the guilty unpunished. 
and to understand just how glorious and life-giving the gospel of Jesus Christ is, we have to understand that God is also holy and righteous. He is uh, determined never to ignore or to tolerate sin, including yours and including mine. When God created the first human beings, Adam and Eve, He intended for them to live under His uh, righteous rule in, in perfect joy, obeying Him and, and living in fellowship with Him. But when Adam disobeyed God and, and ate the one fruit that God had told him not to eat, that fellowship with God was broken. Adam and Eve had declared rebellion against God. They, they were denying His authority over their lives. And it's not just Adam and Eve who are guilty of sin. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It also says that there are none righteous, no, not one. Yet we often think of our sins as, you know, not much more than a violation of uh, some heavenly traffic law. So we wonder why God gets so upset about them. But but sin is so much more than that. It's It's the rejection of God himself and his right to exercise authority over those to who he gives life. And once you understand sin in that light, you begin to understand why in Romans 6.23 it says the wages of sin is death. And that's not just um, physical death, but, but spiritual death. A forceful separating of our sinful, rebellious selves from the presence of God forever. The Bible teaches that the final destiny for unbelieving sinners is eternal, active punishment in a place called hell. And this is the Bible's uh, sobering verdict. It is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Every one of us will be held accountable to God. The Bible warns that whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Now, the word Christ means anointed one, referring to uh, anointing a king with oil when he is crowned. So, when we say Jesus Christ, we're saying that Jesus is a king. And when Jesus began his public ministry, he told the people the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Centuries before God had promised that he would come as a great king to rescue his people from their sins. And and here was Jesus saying, the kingdom of God is here now. I am that great king. But eventually Jesus' followers, they realized that his mission was to bring sinful people into that kingdom. Jesus came to die in, in, in their place, in your place, in my place. And to take the punishment that, that we deserve for our rebellion against God. As Jesus died on a cross, the awful weight of all of your sins and my sins fell on his shoulders. The sentence of death God had uh, pronounced against rebellious sinners struck. And Jesus died. He died for you and he died for me. But there's more good news. There's more good news. The, the story doesn't end there. Jesus, the crucified, is no longer dead. The Bible tells us that he rose from the grave. He is not just King Jesus, the crucified, but King Jesus, the crucified and resurrected. Praise God. 
Jesus' rising from the grave was, was God's way of saying what Jesus claimed about who he is and he, he, he came to do is true. So what should be our response? What does God expect us to do with the information that Jesus died in our place so we can be saved from God's righteous wrath against our sins? He expects us to respond with repentance and faith. To repent of our sins means to, to turn away from our rebellion against God. Repentance doesn't mean that we'll bring an immediate end to our sinning. It does mean, though, that, that we'll never again live at peace with our sins. And not only that, but we also turn to God in faith. It, it's it's promise-founded trust in the risen Jesus to, to save you from your sins. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God. If God is ever to count us righteous, He'll, he'll have to do it on the basis of someone else's record, Someone who's qualified to stand as our substitute. And that's what happens when a person is saved by Jesus. All our sins are credited to Jesus who took the punishment for them. And the perfect righteousness of Jesus is then credited to us when we place our trust in what he has done for us. That's what faith means, to rely on Jesus, to trust in him alone, to stand in our place and win a righteous verdict from God. So do you believe that you have rebelled against God and deserve His wrath? That Jesus Christ is the Son of God who, who died the death that, that you deserve and that I deserve for our sins? That He rose from the grave and lives to stand in your place as a substitute and Savior? So I want to give you just a few things uh, you know, if, if you if you, you want to be saved, if you want to put your faith in the Lord, here, here's here's your part of it. And I'll use scripture to back this up in Acts 16.31. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Luke 13.3 says, repent, turn from your sins. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Confess your sin to Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You have to trust him to keep you. In Jude 24, it says, he is able to keep you from stumbling. And that's what God wants you to know. And, and I beg you to, to really, you know, spend time in prayer with the Lord. You know, talk to Him. Confess your sins to Him. Repent of your sins. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to, to pray without ceasing. Just, just, just pray. Pray to Him. Spend time with Him. Spend time in His Word. And I promise you, He, he will change your life. He he changed mine for sure. You know, I didn't always live the best life, and 
it wasn't until recently that um, that he really opened my eyes, and I'm very lucky and, and thankful that he did that for me, that he loved me that much. But I hope this is a blessing to someone. I hope if if there was someone who was uh, you know unsure about the gospel and what it meant, I hope this kind of clarified things for you and um, kind of help you understand a little better. Well, thanks for for, for tuning in and uh, love you guys and uh, hope you have a blessed night. God bless.